Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. this program to bring you rainbow radio kxfm 104.7 craig here good saturday morning let's get my notes over here so i know what i'm talking about i <laughs> it's been a busy busy week if you hadn't noticed i had there's so much news going on and i don't know where to begin uh but let's start with the weather that's usually where i start happy you're here a kind of a a, a misty Misty in the misty moonlight by the flickering firelight. Yes, it's a little misty in the morning here in Laguna Beach. We call it um, 
what we call it, high humidity. <laughs> uh, it's little tiny, tiny droplets of rain. Uh, it's good for your complexion. That's all. That's all good news. So, uh, I, let's get to the weather. Today, uh, partly cloudy, high near 65, winds 5 to 10, humidity is 82%. But I got to tell you right now, I think it's 100%. Uh, so that's Saturday. The low will be, oh, uh, it doesn't show the low. Oh, high is 65. Hmm. Oh, low is 59. Sorry. Uh, and I have my glasses on and everything. So uh, this fall, this week coming up, you know, it looks like the same thing for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, so that's the whole week ahead. Uh, it doesn't change much. 65 every day. 63, 65 is the high every day. So um, I guess we'll just say that that is what happens in june gloom <laughs> we're not quite to june but it's may may gloom <laughs> getting ready for june i guess as we call it here in laguna beach so that's the weather we'll be prepared for that it's uh, not definitely not beach weather um but speaking of news and what's going on this week in uh i went to city council this week how about that uh, primarily because on the agenda was the beaches. And after all, uh, that is in the name of the city, the fair city of Laguna Beach. And uh, if you live under a rock, you might not know that, um, I don't know for how long, but it's been a long while, that the beaches were uh, consigned to and managed by the county up until just recently. And I think the official date was just within... I don't know, within a couple months ago, that the city took full control over uh, the beaches within the city limits of Laguna because they're Laguna Beach beaches. <laughs> and uh, with that, um, you know, they have full authority uh, now to do as they, as they please for the community. And I think the idea is to be a little more... Um, I don't know, a little more sensitive to what the local community wants as opposed to the, the county, I think, did a great job. But, you know, they're a big organization. they got a lot of beaches they have to look after. And so I don't th know that they could be as sensitive to what the local might want. So with that, the city has stepped up its uh, safety department, beach safety. And it's um, there's two key people there's, uh, uh, that uh, manage it, Kevin and Kai. Um, I think it's Kevin Bond and Kai, I can't remember his last name. But anyway, they, they put together a, a, a wonderful report about their appraisal of the beaches and what's going on and, and how the city might uh, improve and some recommendations they had. And enrolled into that is what Laguna Beach Pride is doing with a, a rainbow lifeguard tower. Now, Less, I've had some people say, oh, what is that? Just what is that? They don't quite understand. So let, so let me give you a little um, update on it. It is a permanent rainbow-colored lifeguard tower. And just like was, that's in Long Beach and uh, Venice Beach, Hermosa Beach. Um, and the tower is rainbow, rainbow signifying, not gay, although that is often the connotation, but signifying unity and diversity. So it's meant to be a message of diversity and that it's uh, everyone is welcome on Laguna Beaches, beaches, and it's a safe place and a, and a multicultural place for everyone. The colors of the rainbow, meaning uh, every color of every culture, every color of every, I suppose, religion, every... Everyone is welcome in their diversity, and it is, I think it's a wonderful message often when so frequently uh, that's not the warm and welcoming uh, feeling you might get in some communities. So that's the beauty of Laguna Beach. So we uh, worked, or I did, in uh, the Laguna Beach Pride, we worked for uh, about a year to... Um, have this happen and we had first worked with the county but then it got moved to the city so then we had kind of had to start over but the city has been very supportive and two local residents uh donated ten thousand dollars to uh have one of the towers be 
colorized. So it didn't cost the city or the community anything, zero, not a zip, nothing. <laughs> the colorization was donated, and, um, which, is, which is great. And uh, there's also a plaque that is donated to explain that it's the rainbow colors of diversity on it. So there's no misunderstanding. But it is a permanent thing. I think so many people were thinking that it was just a, you know, would it be up for a month or so and just be uh, temporary? But it is. It's meant to to in, to uh, send a message of, inclu of inclusivity and diversity and a wonderful, safe place that Laguna Beach is about its culture and come and enjoy what we have to offer. We love what we have. We love we love who we are. That's okay. <laughs> So uh, before city council was that uh, item, the, the lifeguard tower, the rainbow lifeguard tower was one of the items. But the, the big items were really the uh, fire rings, <laughs> the berms and how they come and go and how they should be managed and how often people uh, misuse the berms uh, and how they can better manage the berms, the sand berms, how they come and go. And uh, the, the fire rings was a big one. And I have to say that a lot of people were very, very disappointed to see them disappear. But the city did not disappear them. Uh, apparently, they belonged to the county. And so when the county's um, contract was uh, ended, they gathered all their property up. And that was a part of their property. So, because uh, they use them all over, I think there's over 800 fire pit rings along the California coast, and uh, many of them are within Orange County. So, uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> there were no fire rings, and I think uh, the drum corps uh, was very unhappy about it, and I don't blame them. That's uh, as uh, Laguna Beach Pride was very disappointed, uh, we had two events. Uh, we call we call them sunset bonfire, uh, and we had to cancel the two events because uh, just really couldn't do it without a fire pit. You know, fire pits what brings people together. I think, think there's some kind of primal instinct about the warmth of a fire on a cool, cold evening, or I say not cold, but a cool, brisk evening as the sun goes down and you cuddle to stay warm and around the fire and. Uh, I don't know. It's um, it, it's uh, a powerful thing, and uh, uh, and then when you especially you know roast a few hot dogs on there and some s'mores and have some great conversation with kids and family and and kind of gather outdoors in the fresh air. Uh, it's it's all very uh, I don't know part of the culture, and uh, it's terribly missed without the fire pits. It's kind of pulling the heart out of it. So. I know the city has uh, decided that they need to do some more work on it to determine uh, the fire hazard that it might there might be. Um, so that was the resolve with the um, fire pit. They need to do more studies. I think they're very strong uh, about bringing them back. They just want to make sure they bring them back in um, in a sensible manner. So. Uh, they're working on it. That so it went back to further discussion. They're going to make another presentation, so you might want to watch for it on city council agenda. Maybe not. Probably the next uh, agenda. I know everyone's anxious to get something done with it, so probably the next city council meeting it'll be on there. Watch uh, the website, and if it's there, you can either zoom in and and say your your words and support or or how you feel about it. Um, then the berms, uh, again, they're doing some more studies on that. They're trying to determine, uh, I think, one thing that was constant, whether it was the fire pits or the berms or the lifeguard towers, was cameras. And that's another thing that they wanted to look at to make sure that the, the beaches were safe um, from fires, from vandalism, from unfortunate events and Primarily safety. So uh, I know they're looking at cameras that, as a result, but they didn't make a decision on that either. That That's one thing that they're going to come back with. And uh, so they're going to study the burns, going to study the fire pits, going to study cameras. They did decide that the lifeguard tower would be moved a few feet uh, 
to satisfy some concerns with some residents that felt it was too close to their property line and uh, pre presented a hazard. Um, there also was a concern about the residents and their property with a lot of overgrown uh, fire flammable uh, vegetation, dead vegetation and trees that need to be addressed. So they were going to look at that. Uh, the fire department was going to look at that as uh, a concern as well. So all around it went uh, a lot of passionate comments back and forth. Um, there was a, some comments that it was uh, a divisive thing to put a gay tower and that next thing we'll have to have, uh, you know, a tower for this or a gay lifeguard tower for that and, and so on and so forth. But uh, I think the mixed, missed message there was that it's, it's not about uh, dividing. It's about bringing together. It's about uh, accepting diversity and, and uh, welcoming everyone. And that's the message. And it is explained on the, the plaque on it if there's ever any concern. But I just, you know, I kind of look back because it... Why has rainbows all of a sudden become such a controversial image and so neg in such a negative way so often? Um, I mean, rainbow radio? I mean, Hawaii has had uh, a rainbow on their license plate for years. And I don't know. I, th I thought there was some something about taking it off. I know there was a sports team that decided they, they wanted to take it off uh, of their... <laughs> Anyway, so that was my first part of my week was um, was before city council, and I spoke, obviously, in support of it and explained how appreciative we were to the city for helping us move this along um, because it is one of the city's lifeguard towers. They had to, they're in taking it over, I believe they purchased, I think, six. They were going to purchase five lifeguard towers, but I think they had, with a uh, surf recently, one of them was destroyed, so I think they had to purchase six. And they're not delivered yet, but I understand that they will be delivered, and the lifeguard, the Rainbow Lifeguard Tower should be in place by June 10th, which is Pride Month, which I need to talk about, which is coming up. Yes, Pride Month, the whole month. And what's happening with Pride Month? Okay, lots of news today. Boy, I'm just full of news. Laguna Beach Bride is going to do their best to festoon the city with rainbow. There we go, that rainbow thing again. <laughs> rainbow flags. Uh, James uh, uh, Flores is our, our ringleader uh, in that effort. And uh, what we usually do is canvas the city downtown and then north and south separately, maybe separate days, and offer... Uh, free rainbow flags to any merchants or any businesses or even residences in the area that would like to, you know, maybe have a visible uh, storefront or a visible uh, residence. They want to fly the rainbow flag. We do uh, give them away. If they want a, a three by five foot one, which is larger than they just let us know and we'll, we'll get it and bring it back at a later date. But uh, that's the plan, and it will be happening, uh, I think, next week, and then again uh, a few days just before June, which is Gay Pride Month worldwide, uh, which is a big deal. And the city, as you may or may not know, has proclaimed um, about five years ago that June is indeed Heritage and Culture, uh, LGBTQ Heritage and Culture Month, Recognition Month, Forever and Ever. So the city will fly uh, the flag, rainbow flag of diversity <laughs> on, uh, front of, in front of City Hall on the flagpole. They do that every year, which I think is wonderful, as does Orange County Fair. They, they fly it year-round. Uh, they uh, have decided um, that it is important to support diversity. Uh, Obviously, a county fair is a very diverse uh, attendance. And so with that, I think they wanted to send a message that everyone's included at those county fairs. And I think that's a great thing. I'm glad they did. There was some, a lot of controversy with it. Now, Huntington, is it Huntington Beach? Uh, yeah, I believe had some issues with it, felt it was very divisive. And so some people go the other way with it. I don't know. I guess it depends. <laughs> so uh, 
Then, what else is happening in June in Pride Month? Well, there's Fête de la Musique, which is on the 17th. That's a Saturday. And that uh, starts around noon and goes till 4. And if you're not familiar with that, that's uh, live entertainment all over downtown Laguna. And it's free. And entertainers from all over, all kinds of entertainment, uh, participates. Uh, We're working with that organization, Laguna Beach Pride is, uh, they would like some drag entertainment now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, indeed. So uh, we're we're working to maybe make that happen. It's kind of under wraps, so don't <laughs> don't get too excited. <laughs> it may come to fruition. And uh, but that day at uh, later that day at uh, six o'clock, we start our annual fundraiser, and it is called "I Am What I Am." And I don't have that song on my. Do I have it? I can't remember. I don't have it queued up, that's for sure. But if you're familiar with La Caja Fall uh, or The Birdcage, that was the theme song and the stage play for The Birdcage. That was the the lead-in song, the theme song. I am what I am. Be true to yourself. Be, be honest with yourself. I make no excuses. I make no apologies. I am who I am. And that's kind of our message about drag and uh, being accepted for who you are and being honorable for who you are. Uh, and that is a four-hour event on a Saturday with fundraisers. So there's um, four entertainers and an MC, a la Joel Gray or a cabaret entertainer, uh, kind of. And it's kind of cabaret themed as a fun show, comedy, good quality, laughable entertainment. Uh, so there'll be, uh, I think, I think there's four shows within the four hours, uh, mixed up with some da- dance music and <clears throat> full bar. And it's at Bridge Hall, which is St. Anne's Drive and uh, Glen Eyre. Uh, it's part of uh, the Congregational Church there. It's one of their buildings on their campus. And it's a beautiful hall, lovely stage in there, um, great sound. So it's going to be a great place and a, a great uh, indoor, or it's good. It's got a great uh, patio, um, garden patio that's attached to it. So there's a lot of space there for a lot of wonderful, fun things. So we are excited about that. That's our annual fundraiser. Um, we have a lot of wonderful um, gifts that you can be bid on, like hotel stays, uh, Splash's Restaurant, a three-course meal that... Um, that that is, I don't know, probably a $300 value. But you can bid on these, and, and sometimes uh, you get a real bargain on them all. But they're donated, and the funds go to support Laguna Beach Pride and all the things it does year-round, uh, and especially coming up for uh, Laguna Beach Pride, which is August this year, on August 12th. And then we hope to, if the uh, rainbow tower is all ready to go we hope to do our dedication for the rainbow lifeguard tower on august 13th with a little bit of a beach party and maybe an after beach party those are all the plans that are in the works the location of the laguna beach pride is uh still a little fluid yet um and it is in laguna beach but we have uh, looked at two locations very seriously and we still have to a few things to consider before we pull the trigger on it. it's still three months away but Nonetheless, we want to get that settled now. So, But we'll let you know, first thing. If you want to keep up on any of this, you can go to Laguna Beach Pride and uh, subscribe to the mailing list. Um, you can also become a sponsor for Pride. Uh, there's several different levels of sponsorship, uh, whether you're a business or not. It's a great way to get yourself out in front of a market that... Uh, potentially uh, a lot more eyes on your business, you know. Um, and the three different packages uh, include a lot of things, from marketing to uh, a booth at the uh, vendor booth at the, at the Pride Festival, and um, admission tickets, but most of all, I think the marketing, the, the mailing list and all that stuff that goes with it, the visibility primarily. But I, I digress. So um, uh, the website will keep you up to date on it. Uh, and 
If you do want to donate something for the fundraiser on the 17th, you can just contact Laguna Beach Pride and, and uh, all the details are there. So that about wraps it up. Um, Club Q, we had a little event yesterday evening. It's now part of Laguna Beach Pride. Club Q is a senior LGBTQ organization that's associated with uh, the Suzy Q uh, under the guise of uh, Laguna Beach Pride. And we do monthly events. And the next event we're working on, hopefully it works out, is a road trip up to L.A. Uh, on uh, with using Hoffie Tours and uh, a tour vehicle for an afternoon uh, venture, adventure, a full day adventure, up to the Peterson Museum or LACMA or uh, the Farmer's Market, all those things. It's called the Trifecta and. You can catch up on that uh, on Club Q website, Club Q, Club Q uh, org. Boy, I'm just full of news, aren't I? <laughs> We're going to take a one song short break and I'll be back. And I'm going to I got some other exciting news about what's going on. Oh, and I should say before I forget, Catch the Wave is going on today um, at 11 and it's at the Pacific Marine Mammal, Mammal Center in Laguna Beach. Um, I wish the weather were a little nicer, but it's, you know, it's Laguna. Sometimes it is. We, our first world problems, you know. So it's, it's help us kick off the next 50 years of Pacific Marine Mammal Center. There's food, prizes, music, and it's free. <laughs> so you can go to their website and, and find out what all is going on. It's Pacific mmc.org to get all the details so it's about the next wave they call it uh which is i suppose uh their message of the next 50 years so there's food prizes that's today and what is it it's uh, 9 30 so you got an hour and a half to get there <laughs> and uh because it starts at 11 and but it runs till two so yeah i suppose you could get there a little after 11 you don't have to get there right at 11 but that's a very honorable organization that does wonderful things for the community, and uh, it's at their center, so you can actually get a probably good look at what it's all about. That's 20612 Laguna Canyon Road, if you're not familiar. It's in the canyon. And Catch the Wave is the theme. It says, help us kick off the next 50 years. So, yeah, that's what, you, that's what could, we could be doing next here. So, be right back. Inside and falling all the way down I'm trying but you're losing me While I'm gone Tell me no and I'll go and I'll break in two So I
Just a kiss, just a kiss I have lived just for this I can't explain why I've become this Just a smile, just a smile Oh, I'm sorry to cut KD short, but I got some more news. I just realized I can't, I'm going to run out of time here. I got announced that next week I have a special guest. You may know uh, she's very prominent in LA, Nick, N-I-K with a capital K at the end, Casey. Uh, she is the founder of Equality Fashion Week, as well as the uh, first uh, gender equal luxury footwear and accessory brand nick casey footwear so she is going to be my guest this next week and uh we'll have to ask her about that and what goes on behind the velvet rope in la uh in the city of west hollywood she is also very much involved in weho so i it could be a a fun thing uh, that happens uh, She'll talk about the June 1st uh, West Hollywood edition at sunset at, at the sunset edition, a fundraiser for Equality Fashion Week. And I, uh, this could be a, a real romp, a real lot of fun thing. So that's this next Saturday, a week from today. So we'll get her in before um, the uh, kickoff of Pride Month, which is all of June. Yes, so... Um, I have lots of news today. One thing I one I wanted to get on because we were we were t- kind of talking about um, drag and uh, what's <laughs> what's happening uh, with drag. And one one thing um, that uh, has happened this week that kind of caught a lot of attention is the Dodger uh, Pride Night controversy. If you're not familiar with it. The Los Angeles Times reported this that uh, the LGBTQ Pride Night at Dodger Stadium, if you're familiar with that, has uh, they do rainbow-colored expressions of inclusion uh, for its, its, which is very popular with many of its plans. It apparently won't include one particular group, however, this next week. What might that be? Uh, this is the Dodgers' 10th annual Pride Night, and it's June 16th. And it's a game against the San Francisco Giants, uh, which is where this group has originated, I believe. And who would that group be? (laughs) It's the Dodgers announced. It's the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Now, I've seen him perform. Um, It's mostly burly big uh, guys with beards (laughs) in nuns' habits. And they're making... They're poking fun at a religion and many things that, and I think, I think it's all fair in jest to poke a little fun at religion. After all, I think religion pokes a lot at other people. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my opinion on it. And it, 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 what's a good laugh? And it, and so the sisters—they call themselves the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence—and it's all about entertainment and humor it's not uh, a vindictive hateful organization it is uh, a fun parody uh, i suppose and a fun well anyway oh my gosh um so the dodgers the charity protests and the street performance organization that use they use humor and religious imagery to call attention to sexual intolerance and that's important and They'll no longer be honored at the team ceremony, the Hero Award. Uh, 
in a pregame. It's a pregame pregame uh, ceremony with pressure from the conservative Catholic organizations. Oh my! So the Los Angeles LGBT Center they res- they responded and they're demanding that the Dodgers reverse course or cancel the night altogether. They don't want it's all or nothing according to the LGBTQ Center. And the ACLU posted on Twitter, in unity with the San Francisco sisters, we will not participate in Pride Night. Uh, So the L.A. County Supervisor Lindsay Horvath tweeted, if they're not invited, I'm not going. (laughs) Celebrating Pride is about inclusion. Do better. (laughs) So... Wow, I, I, you know they've act, the sisters have been here in Laguna Beach. I guess they performed at the uh, neighborhood community church here uh, at one point uh, in Bridge Hall, where Laguna Beach Pride is having our <laughs> fundraiser drag show. Uh, it's just something everyone wants to get excited about. Uh, I wish I could remember who it was, but there was a black Democrat, or was it a Republican? But anyway, yeah, it was a Republican. And uh, uh, in our legislature in Washington, D.C. this week, he says, why can't we just leave the trans people and drag people alone? Why, why, do, why are we messing with them? Why do we need to mess with them? Why can't we just leave them alone? It, <laughs> I thought, yeah, it's, there's other more important things. Anyway, L.A. County Council member... Unis Hernandez, uh, whose district includes the Dodgers Stadium, posted she posted on Twitter, uh, Los Angeles may, must be a place where everyone feels empowered to express themselves. <laughs> this move undermines that. Oh, my goodness. And it goes on. There's But wait, there's more. The Major League Baseball Commissioner's Office uh, was the largest of a targeted email campaign. <laughs> and yes, and... Uh, conservative Catholics who objected to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence getting uh, an award. The Dodgers, in turn, decided not to honor the group. They were going to get an award? I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes, they were. Uh, Given This is what their response was. Giving the strong feelings of people who are who have been offended by the Sisters' inclusion in our evening and in an effort to not to distract from the great benefits that we have seen over the years of Pride Night, we are deciding to remove them from this year's group of honorees. Huh. Over pressure from other uh, I don't know. The Dodgers wrote in a Wednesday statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Brian Birch, remember that name. He's president of the Catholic Advocacy Group expressed outrage shortly before the Dodgers did their about face. Eh. <clears throat> no other religion would be treated this way. Have you have you seen the what the stage plays about the Mormon church and how they've oh my mm. so it's not fair to say that. <laughs> And if the Dodgers truly care about fighting bigotry and promoting inclusivity, they will retract their invite from this disgusting, offensive, and dangerously dangerous hate group. That's just not what they are. Obviously, uh, Brian, <laughs> Mr. Birch, <laughs> I think of the Birch Society, um, you haven't wa- you haven't been entertained by the sisters. You need to go see them perform. <laughs> oh, and another person, Eric Pruitt. Uh, Co-founder of the L.A. chapter of the Sisters of Professional Indulgence responded Thursday with an, an email that read in part, Our mission is to uplift our community and all marginalized groups, especially the ones ignored by larger organizations, spiritually oriented or otherwise. We are queer nuns serving our people just as nuns serve other cultures and serve theirs. Hmm. That's a good response, Eric. <laughs> I don't know. I just... <laughs> Let's not turn California into another Florida, please. Um, And he went on, we are grateful and proud when other organizations choose to acknowledge our service, yet our own focus remains on the work of removing suffering and promulgating joy. 
how about that? While we may no longer appear at the Dodgers' pride, <laughs> the Sister of Perpetual's indulgence began as a three-man three men dressed as nuns in habits in 1979 in San Francisco. I remember that. <laughs> in the Castro's district. I was there. Oh, my gosh. That's really dating me. But I was in diapers, I know. <laughs> Their first fundraiser, they earned $1,500 for San Francisco's Metropolitan Community Church and Cuban Refugees Program. So the sisters does wonderful, wonderful things for the community. They're about supporting diversity and uh, assailing bigotry. And yet they got uninvited and they lost their award. Mm -hmm. Love you, Catholic Church. Uh, the group grew into a nonprofit described as a mission, uh, this mission statement as leading edge order of queer nuns devoted to community service ministry and outreach to those on the edges and to promoting human rights respect for diversity and spiritual enlightenment that's their mission we believe all people have the right to express their unique joy and beauty and we use humor and irreverent wit to expose the forces of bigotry complacency and guilt that chain the human spirit wow what what else would you want ah uh, oh my gosh, funding funding themselves suddenly. I think they meant to say finding in the center of political and cultural uh, storm. The Dodgers tried to balance what has become an extraordinarily annual celebration of the LGBT community with the sentiments of another large constituency, the Catholics. Oh my God. Pride night <laughs> has become a meaningful tradition. Oh my God. Yeah, so if if quelling the controversy was the Dodgers' intention, uh, their decision is not to honor the group hasn't achieved their desi the desired result, in my opinion. So there you have it. That's the controversy at the Dodgers' pride night. I will have to see how that unfolds. But that's that's the big news. I right here in California, in Dodgers Stadium. You know what? What can you say? Um, then, uh, then we have the mouse in the, in the news too. The mouse. I, how can anyone take issue with the mouse? You know, $1 billion, $1 billion, which was the part of a, I believe it was a $17 billion program of investment, but the first was a 1 billion. Now, let me give you some statistics. These are, these are facts. Disney uh, offered uh, its uh, certain employees here in California an opportunity to move to Florida in a community they were building, a $1 billion community. They offered about 2,000 employees to move theirs. So now, 2,000 employees means that, that probably some of them have a family that they're moving. So let's say that's probably about 3,500 people. That's the size of Wairika, where I was born and raised, the county seat of Siskiyou County. That's a thriving community of grocery stores and supermarkets and, you know, a little bit of everything, right? And <laughs> they were going to build this, pay, pay taxes, do infrastructure, roads, highways, hospitals, churches you know whatever whatever the community wanted disney disney would run it as a city as their charter has done for their that area and run it efficiently and probably a model for other cities i don't know but they pulled it away uh this last week um in the in what they say was a, a climate uh, that they wasn't conducive to to follow through with it, uh, they, which was a corporate speak for, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> uh, so the, the feud continues, and they, they, they canceled that. And um, uh, Disney has, um, uh, in July, this was in July 21, they had said so they planned to move staffers, including many and theme park designers, known as Imagineers, which is the, I, 
that's the brilliance of what they do. They're Imagineers. And I, there's one number here. Um, they were going to build this community on Lake Nona uh, and take advantage of roughly $570 million in tax breaks. Um, but John uh, D'Amaro, D'Amaro, he's chairman of Disney Parks um, and Parks and Experiences, uh, the product division. And on Thursday, in an email to the staff, and the relocation is no longer happening. Hmm? New leadership and changing business conditions. That's corporate speak for we don't like, I'm going to just say, we don't like DeSantis's policies. Uh, and they're, and, uh, make no mistake, they're sticking up for LGBTQ people. That's what it's about. DeSantis wants to penalize Disney for being supportive of the LGBTQ community for their efforts to, of inclusion. So DeSantis feels that that's inappropriate for family and family values, and he's using the government and the government's power to impugn the progress of Disney and penalize them. First of all, a politician's personal feelings and using the government as an arm, as a as a weapon against a Business enterprise should be unconstitutional, illegal, and it should be worth a, a sentence in jail, in my opinion. And I, they told me I'm entitled to my opinions here. <laughs> so I, that is my opinion. I, You know, if you feel that way, you should um, maybe introduce a bill or you should try to get support for it. But you don't just create an executive orders and do shenanigans to try, uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's what the heart of it, the, the, the justification of it. And so we got to love the mouse, folks. We got we to gotta support the mouse. Um, uh, they, Disney did go on. Given the considerable changes that have, given, that have occurred since the announcement of this project, including new leadership and changing business conditions, we have decided not to move forward. <laughs> with construction of the campus. This is not an easy decision to make, but we believe it's the right one. As a result, we will no longer be asking our employees to relocate. Oh my gosh. So, um, and some people have already moved. So, mm. sounds like DeSantis, sounds like, I, I hope this blows up in DeSantis's face. Uh, you know, this last week there was a um, mayor of, what was it? Not, was it Fort Lauderdale? Well, one major city. Now I'm terrible. I've forgotten already. But there was an incumbent uh, Republican who had been there um, endorsed by DeSantis. And there, oh, it's all this brouhaha that, that oh, yeah, this will, you know... <laughs> This will fly. This will work. Well, they lost. And a Democrat woman who doesn't, who said she doesn't want to be elected because she's a Democrat. She wants to be elected because of, uh, and she spoke really well about the issues that she put out there and her place in the community and what she's done. And so I felt like she was very honorable and certainly not playing to uh, sensational hot buttons or red lobsters or whatever else you want to call them. So anyway, that happened this last week. So maybe, maybe, uh, DeSantis gets, uh, steps into a mouse trap. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so uh, how much time do I have? Nine minutes left. And I, I wrote this article, um, it's an opinion article, and I'm going to get it into Stu News, too. But I want to share with you an opinion because I think it's it's a statement about our youth, about homelessness, about a changing culture, about waves and cycles, about technology and how all of that comes together. And... Um, it's a bit of an optimism, I think. So let's just dive into it. This is Cooley's um, 
on his soapbox. So, I mean, if you're not into it, uh, <laughs> run and uh, get yourself another uh, biscotti and a cup of coffee and relax. Uh, but if you are, do the same and tune in. Um, so let's go. A lot of attention is currently focused on technology and what and how it may affect our lives and our culture. Uh, from artificial intelligence to robots to, you know, all the things that um, it is held as a primary force, a cycle, and everyone talks about a cycle, and a curve. Technology is on a curve to the into the heavens that is changing our culture and but i feel there's a more basic play here than just technology changing the cycles i think there's more to it i think the curve in the cycle and that is part of it goes beyond that and it's uh what is most obvious and least observed is the dynamics of social economics social economics plays a bigger part in the cycle that being said, that there's a new generation, and it is a new cycle, a cycle that a new generation that is not buying figuratively and literally, in, literally, into the old social economic model. Okay, they're not buying into what they see now, and how is that playing? They see a generation before that is bought into a model they do not want. They see a generation that has succumbed to the marketing and house, uh, marketing of housing, cars, and all the other accessories of living that have become unaffordable to a new generation. The new, a new generation plus, places less value on these commodities of living that the prior generation values so much. Simply put, the new generation doesn't want the $400,000 starter home, the basic $85,000 transportation and the burdens and restrictions they bring. They are happy with the freedom of a tiny home, an e-bike, and an occasional rental car for transportation. They shun the prestigious false value of these basic over-marketed, over-priced consumer accessories. They want to travel. They want to explore. They want to experience skiing in Japan. They want to explore the castles of Europe. They have a proud... Or just have a profound personal experience, whatever that may be for that person. Sharing an overpriced apartment, living with parents, and having three roommates just to make ends meet is not part of the new generation. It is not the new culture. And I just think that's... an edu You can throw education in there. It's become so unaffordable. So I think what I'm, you know, to, to summarize it, we've been marketed... Expensive homes, marketed expensive cars, and and this new generation says, "Now wait a minute! I, I didn't sign on. I don't know that that's what I want. I'd rather have my freedom to to do, uh, you know, to have a four day work week <laughs> and get away and do things that are good for me personally that I would like to do, and that's a nice thing to be able to do." Okay. I think the smart businesses knows that the certainty of change brings a certainty of opportunity and knows that with an evolving cycle, there is pent-up demand for affordable housing and transportation. Why do we sit here with no affordable housing and all there's vacant property and no one builds a home? So, um, so how does technology play a part in this? Technology allows it to happen. Now we can pre-manufacture homes that are affordable that can be drop shipped to locations. You know, think of what happened years ago. Sears Roebuck used to do it years ago. You could order a home, get shipped to your location. You had to assemble it. <laughs> but in this case, uh, technology will allow you to order a home and, and have it delivered in, in five minutes. But there, technolo uh, okay, technology allows it to happen, allows to transform uh, the transformer, transformative fabrication methods of providing affordable housing and affordable transportation on a global level and allows us to be an easier and more sensible choice. One that I hope brings the diverse cultures of the world closer together. Could you imagine that? Bringing the world together with housing that's, that's affordable, easy to manufacture, intelligent housing, to do that, apply some of the basics, techno, the new technology and construction and, and get away from this burdensome 
on-site permit system that we have and restrictions that we have. So life is a banquet. It doesn't mean you have to accept what is on the buffet table. That's, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> oh. The new generation will vote and they will spend according to their new priorities. These two important items will shape the new curve, the new cycle, and it is an interesting time in history that it is destined for profound change and profound opportunity. That's my opinion this week. <laughs> so I hope someone sees that profound opportunity and accommodates that need for affordable housing. I think it would, I think so many of the people uh, now uh, are on the street because they're two paychecks away from, and they don't have a family to support them. It's a whole different culture. Years ago, I think homeless people were, had a mental or physical condition that brought them there. Now, I think the vast majority of them are there because of a system that has priced them out of so many things and they've fallen through the cracks and it, it's hard pressed to get back on your feet. And I only have two minutes left, so I'm gonna wrap it up here. Next week's guest, again, is going to be exciting. And then I have a, a, another guest, I get more and more guests. So thanks for tuning in. It's Craig here on KXFM 104.7, Laguna Beach's only FM radio. I hope you enjoyed my dissertation, and I will be back next week, uh, like I said, with a guest, and uh, we'll have to start this all over again. Again, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. It's uh, You still have time to get to catch the wave, Saturday, 11 o'clock, coming up. Nine, this is 10, an hour to get there, Pacific Marines Mammal Center. 20612 Laguna Canyon Road. Catch you later. <laughs>